Welcome to Experience This, the podcast that celebrates remarkable customer experiences and inspires you to stand out from the competition by wowing your customers. Each episode, we bring you a healthy dose of inspiring stories, funny interactions, and practical takeaways. Marketing and customer experience thought leader, Dan Gingas shares the mic with customer retention and employee experience expert, Joey Coleman, helping you to get people talking about your business. So get ready because it's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss surprising interactions at a fantastic amusement park, a visit to a magical place again, and going the extra mile to turn a bad experience into a remarkable one. Lucy, Ari, and Spidey, oh my. Welcome back for season 10 of the Experience This Show. Ten seasons. We've now been on the air longer than the Beverly Hillbillies, The Love Boat, One Tree Hill, Lost, The West Wing, Seinfeld, The Office, and Everybody Loves Raymond. Although I really hope our reruns quinta syndication like Everybody Loves Raymond. That's on every channel these days. <laughs> Me too. I hope for that as well. Want to thank all of our loyal listeners for coming back to listen to another season. It's going to be an epic season 10. And if this is the first time that you have listened to us, welcome aboard the Experience This Train. We are happy to have you. It's going to be super fun. We are stoked and have got a bunch of great things in store for, as Dan said, our epic season 10, including a fun retrospective each episode where we're going to check back on a segment from an earlier session and see how that experience that we highlighted then has evolved or diminished or just changed. As the kids say, it's been a minute and it will be fun to see how former experiences are standing the test of time. We're super excited and hope you are too. So without further ado, let's dive into season 10. Sometimes a remarkable experience deserves deeper investigation. We dive into the nitty gritty of customer interactions and dissect how and why they happen. Join us while we're dissecting the experience. Joey, I got to ask you, how did you spend your summer? Oh, Dan, thanks for asking. We had a great summer. You know, as we, like many folks, started to emerge from the various COVID lockdowns over the last two years, we tried to pack in a bunch of activities, including trips to states in the North, the South, the East, and the West, with a special stop at a place I've been dreaming of going for many years now, but was finally able to make happen. And that is Legoland, California. I can't believe it took you this long, Joey. I would have thought you would have been there for the grand opening. You know, you would have thought, right? I am a big Lego fan, as loyal listeners know. And uh, we finally got the chance to go. And it did not disappoint. It was absolutely incredible. But there were three specific aspects of the Legoland experience that I wanted to dissect in this segment. The first being the hotel, the second being minifigures, and the third being 
pop badges. Now, let's start with the accommodations. We stayed at the Legoland Hotel, which connects to the park. Now, the rooms are themed, and I've got two boys, ages six and eight, who are huge fans of the Lego property, if you will, or theme Ninjago. So we booked to stay in the Ninjago room. And as we walked from the lobby, which in and of itself, we could do a whole segment on. I mean, it's incredible space filled with giant Lego sculptures and a wall of minifigures. But we passed through a series of themed halls until we came to our room. Now, when we unlocked the door, not only was the room decorated with ninja-themed decor, but there were dragons built out of Lego bricks flying down from the ceiling. There were Lego sculptures all over. There were storage containers filled with Lego pieces so that our boys could play with them while they were in the room. And one of the coolest pieces of staying in the hotel, in addition to getting early access to the park, was the hotel-based scavenger hunt. So the way this worked is guests were encouraged to explore the hotel, collecting and deciphering clues along the way. And as you gathered all those clues, it eventually resulted in a multi-digit code that unlocked a safe in our room. And inside the safe were two surprise Lego sets, one for each of my boys to take with them as a fond memory of staying at the Legoland Hotel. Oh, I love that. I love the immersive quality of that experience and making it more than just staying in a hotel. You know, it doesn't have to be just about the pillows and the little mini soaps. It can actually be fun and and thematic, right? So they're taking this uh, Lego aspect and really bringing it into every part of the experience, which is super cool. Agreed, Dan. And I think the other cool thing was most of the time when you get to a hotel, they've created these other amenities on property that are supposed to intrigue you on their own. Whereas at the Legoland Hotel, the scavenger hunt almost forced you out of the room to check out the other things in the hotel so that you could get the code to unlock a surprise in the room. So very cool setup. The second interesting piece of the Legoland experience was the minifigure exchange. Now, in case, loyal listeners, you are not an A-fool, that's an adult fan of Lego, by the way, minifigures or minifigs, as they are more commonly known, are the little Lego people that make up an important part of Lego play. They are also a fun part of the Legoland interactions. Each staff member at Legoland has a name badge, surprise, made of Lego. Now, there's a space on the badge to attach three minifigures. Some of the staff members go all out and build unique and creative minifigures to attach to their name badges, but every Legoland employee, when they show up for work, has three minifigures attached to their badge. Basically, think Lucy or Wild Style from the Lego movie, but even more awesome, because everything's awesome at Legoland. Now, all of this is definitely very cool, but Legoland takes it one step further by allowing any guest to ask a staff member if they can swap a minifig. Now, presuming that staff member says yes, and they always did, at least when my kids asked, the guests can then exchange a minifig that they brought from home or purchased at the minifigure market right when you enter the park for the one that the employee is wearing. Now, this was a super fun way to not only get access to really different and rare minifigs, but it creates a lot of playful interactions and conversations between the park guest and the staff working in the park. I'm going to come back to the word immersive. 
which this definitely sounds like, right? Normally, when we're in a hotel, we might pass by a staff member. If we're polite, we might say good morning, good afternoon. We nod our head, we keep on moving. But this creates the opportunity for an engaging experience with both the adults and the kids, which I think is really cool. And the, and the trading, the constant trading is really fun. You know, it reminds me, my daughter just got back from overnight camp and all the girls there wear Crocs. And in the holes of the Crocs, they have these little figures that are called gibbets. And, <laughs> and gibbets? Yes. And they <laughs> stick them into the little holes. And like, if you look at her Crocs, she's got, you know, 15 of them on each foot. And they spend the whole summer trading these things. So she came back with a different set of gibbets than she left with. And it, it seems very similar that, you know, here at Legoland, you could end up having a different figure multiple times during your trip. Absolutely. And I think it speaks to the fact that as human beings, we have a tendency to skew towards being collectors. We like the opportunity for uniqueness in how we express ourselves. And making that part of the name badge experience at Legoland, I thought was really cool. And as you might imagine, it also makes the people talk to the attendants. How many times are we in a place where somebody has a name tag on? I have a personal rule that if you're required to wear a name tag for your job, I'm required to use your name when I speak to you. That's my own personal philosophy. That's good because I figure like not most people aren't super stoked about wearing a name tag. And this is a great way to create a little personal connection. So the minifigs took that to the next level. But the final aspect, the third aspect of the Legoland experience that I wanted to dissect and describe was probably the coolest thing of all. Pop badges. Mm, pop badges? What are those? Yeah, pop badges. So pop badges are circular plastic badges that have a little image on it, you know, and they're all different, uh, that's Lego related. They have a back that pops off, allowing you to wear the badge on your shirt or a lanyard or any material that's thin enough that it can be squished between the front and back of the badge. Now, visitors to Legoland collect these all over the park, including at the hotel, various features on the rides, and they're even being worn by the employees. Kind of like the minifigs. Exactly. But the coolest pop badge is Mr. Gold. Now, Mr. Gold is a minifigure that was gold-plated. It looked like an actual minifigure made out of gold that came out years ago. And it's a highly sought-after minifigure that uh, people who are really into Lego know about. The pop badge featuring Mr. Gold can only be found on the park employees. That's right. You have to catch an employee wearing one and then ask them to trade for it. Now, if you get this Mr. Gold pop badge, you get to go to the main office uh, at the front entrance and turn in the pop badge for a treasure chest of prizes, Lego sets, free passes to the park, free fast passes. It's filled with all sorts of things. So finding Mr. Gold is really cool and special. But there are only about anywhere from a half dozen to a dozen Mr. Gold pop badges in the park at any given time. So it's a bit of a gigantic scavenger hunt that you really are not likely to win. And, and how do you know you even are part of this scavenger hunt? Well, you... First of all, the, you meaning how do you, how do you know as a guest that this exists? Yeah. Oh, reading mommy blogs. 
it's all it's all about you know and uh, or daddy blogs depending right I, the mommy blogs is a thing if uh, if you're not familiar basically it's not heavily advertised at Legoland and there aren't necessarily signs about it but they will tell you about it and you ask them about the pop badges they will say oh I can give you one and that type of thing so it's kind of an underground word of mouth thing that happens with folks that are attending. Now, here's where this gets a little bit interesting. Our oldest son, who was eight when we were at Legoland, skews more extroverted. Ah, I wonder where he gets that from. Yeah, I'm 100% sure it's from his mother. But anyway, he was bound and determined to find Mr. Gold. And he asked every, and I do mean every Legoland employee we saw that day. From the waiter who was helping us with breakfast while we were in the hotel, all the way through to the people taking the ticket, the people operating every ride, the people at the concession stands, people walking randomly through the park. When we were walking through the park, he was asking everyone. Now, the cool thing is, he got a lot of interactions with some great adults who were incredibly friendly. And as we were getting ready to leave the park at the end of the day, he was a little dejected because he still hadn't found Mr. Gold. And I said, look, we just keep at it. We told you this was a maybe thing, not a for sure thing. We'll see how it goes. We stopped by the Lego store, no surprise there, to pick up some souvenirs. And while my wife and I were looking around, because as I mentioned earlier, we are AFOLs, adult fans of Lego. We were going crazy in the Lego store. My son continued to ask the retail store employees. And don't you know it, about five minutes before the store closed, he asked one of the retail sales associates who said, you know, I actually do have Mr. Gold and pulled it out of her pocket and gave it to him. Oh, <laughs> nice job, Lachlan. Exactly, exactly. He stuck with it. You, this was unbelievable. He was stoked. He was excited. He was telling the story to everybody he knew. He wanted photographs with the particular sales agent. She was an absolute delight. It was incredible. So what can we learn from the Legoland experience? Well, a couple things. Don't put all of your experiences front and center. At the hotel, the scavenger hunt led to a secret combination safe with a free prize inside. The minifig badges let employees express their creativity in a highly personalized, highly interactive way. And the search for Mr. Gold created opportunities for surprise and delight, coupled with increasing interactions between the employees of Legoland and their customers or the guests at the park. Here's the question, friends. How can you make your brand experiences more playful, more expressive, more surprising? Maybe you could start by building them one brick at a time. You work so hard to acquire customers. Sales calls, webinars, sales funnels, pitch decks, trade shows, pitch meetings, free samples, discounts, free trials, coupons, free downloads. The list is endless. But after all that effort to gain customers, what are you doing to retain them? In researching his Wall Street Journal number two bestseller, Never Lose a Customer Again, Turn Any Sale into Lifelong Loyalty in 100 Days, Joey looked at companies large and small, online and offline, product and service, domestic and international, and found that somewhere between 20 and 70% of all new customers will decide to stop doing business with you before they reach the 100-day anniversary. 
just 100 days. Those numbers are horrifying. But what's more frightening is that the average business owner, leader, or entrepreneur has no idea what their percentage is. People are running out the back door as quickly as you bring them in the front door, and it's not going to stop anytime soon unless you take action. Never Lose a Customer Again offers a framework, a system, a process for creating the kinds of remarkable customer experiences that will keep your customers coming back for more. With 46 case studies from almost every industry imaginable, Joey highlights best practices and proposes simple tactics and techniques you can use to keep your customers, increase your profits, and skyrocket your referrals. Never Lose a Customer Again, Turn Any Sale into Lifelong Loyalty in 100 Days is available everywhere books are sold in hardcover, ebook, and even audiobook formats. If you think it's fun to listen to Joey on Experience This, you should hear him narrating his book. So pick up a copy today and start keeping more of those customers you're working so hard to acquire. We love telling stories and sharing key insights you can implement or avoid based on our experiences. Can you believe that this just happened? We mentioned that in season 10, we are going to be doing some pseudo flashback episode segments where we talk about something that we talked about in a previous season and kind of update it. You know, after all, customer experience is constantly evolving. And you know, a few things have happened in the world since we launched the show way back in 2017, 10 seasons ago, or I guess it would be nine seasons ago. Anyway, you were told there would be no math. But a long time ago, I shared my experience about visiting Universal Studios in Los Angeles. Not only do I remember that that was season two, episode 41, back in September of 2018, but I remember what you talked about at Universal Studios, and it was about how they had made waiting in line into such a fun experience. You are correct. They had a completely different experience of waiting in line. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about today. And I wanted to revisit and compare the experience then to the experience I had this summer at Universal Studios. Because when I went the first time, my boys were ages five and three. This time, they were ages eight and six. I'm guessing that means they were a little taller and maybe could ride more of the rides. You are correct as usual, my friend. Now, while there were still a few rides beyond the reach, if you will, for our six-year-old, uh, notably the Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey ride, which he was super bummed to not be able to go on because That's okay, light. you get to go back again. You get to go back again. Our eight-year-old was able to ride everything. Which brings me to my first observation from this experience. You need to design interactions that grow with your customer relationships. Like your kids getting taller? Correct. But it's actually a little bit more than that because not all of your customers are going to change in height from one visit to the next. But when we went to Universal Studios before, my kids were very into the Minions ride. Now, while we certainly went on that ride again, this visit's favorite was Jurassic World, something that my boys weren't even allowed to ride last time. So the question is, are you evolving your offerings and your products and your experiences to be as enticing to your long-term customers as they were when someone made their first purchase and everything was new and novel? Or are you just kind of offering the same thing still? 
Yeah, and it's an interesting line because, for example, uh, when people talk about going to Disney World, so many people mention the It's a Small World ride, right? Which has been there for like a thousand years, but people have memories of it. And so they want it to be the same versus other people or sometimes the same people are much more excited about a brand new ride that they've never been on that maybe is about a new property or uh, or license. And you know they're not so interested in the ride that was built in the 70s. They want the one that was built today. Absolutely. And it's a fine line. It's like going to see a band. You want to hear them play the favorite classics that you love, but it's also kind of nice when they've got at least a couple new songs and your business is the same way. But speaking of that Jurassic World ride, which, by the way, is one of the most popular rides in the park, we had the Express Pass again. And, you know, Dan, you referenced this earlier that that's what I talked about. But way back in season two, it's a pass that allows you to access a faster, shorter ride line and often no ride line at all, which means you don't need to wait. But with the Jurassic World, even using the Express Pass, there was a little bit of a wait. It's a super popular ride. And after enjoying the ride, we reached the end and we're thinking about going again when an attendant helping people exit from the ride struck up a conversation with my oldest son, see earlier son who was going and finding Mr. Gold, and asked him, what did you think of the ride? Now, as I mentioned, that older son is particularly extroverted and he quickly replied, well, I loved it, but not as much as my little brother. He's crazy about dinosaurs and wants to be a paleontologist someday. (laughs) (laughs) Okay? Now, the fact that we use paleontology in the family lets you have an indication of how much our six-year-old really is into dinosaurs. And I was impressed when I saw the smile come across the attendant's face. And the attendant replied, well, if that's the case you should just use this to go on the ride again right now and proceeded to hand us an express line pass so we could get right back on the ride without waiting in line. Now, I loved this in the moment, surprise and delight, especially because it was directed at my youngest son and he, quote, earned the family the opportunity to ride again because of his love of dinosaurs. So what can we learn from this? You need to empower your employees to deliver unexpected moments of surprise and delight to your customers. And while I can't remember the episode season or number on this one, I also recall you talking about going to an art gallery where they were... I believe it was in Vancouver, where they were very nice to your kids and took care of them. And we had this whole discussion about how you know the, the quickest way to a customer's heart is usually either through their kids or their pets. If you can pick one of the other, one or the other, you are going to get them engaged. And and I'm sure that not only did this leave both of your sons really excited, I'm guessing you and your wife probably enjoyed that surprise and delight as well. We were thrilled. It was awesome for the family. It was awesome for me as a customer experience guy. And as it turns out, it was awesome for the experience of this show because you got to hear about it. But one more thing about Universal Studios. This time we entered the park in a different way. As you may recall from the last time I talked about this, ages ago, we drove to the park in the morning and were offered preferred parking, which for $10 more than regular parking allowed us to park much closer and avoid the entry line into the park. This time, we stayed at the Sheraton Hotel that is next to the park and could either wait in line for the shuttle that runs between the hotel and the park or take a quick jaunt across two parking lots to beat the crowd and avoid any waiting. 
<laughs> so based on your earlier discussion of the express pass and how much I know you love lines, I'm guessing you chose walk over wait. You are correct. Yep. I am not a huge fan of standing in line, especially with a hundred other hotel guests waiting for the 20 person shuttle to make multiple loops between the hotel and the park. The reality is you need to recognize the different paths by which your customers come to you and make sure to, li- to deliver remarkable experiences regardless of which channel they come to your doors through. Well, Joey, it certainly sounds like, at least thus far, that you've had a pretty good summer visiting both Legoland and Universal Studios. And I want to reiterate to folks that we understand that almost nobody, maybe nobody listening to this show, works for an amusement park company. But the point is, is that all the things that Joey's been talking about are relevant to you and your company as well. So... Here are my key takeaways from your Universal Studios story. First, design interactions that grow with your customer relationships. As your customers grow, either literally or figuratively, you should grow with them. Second, you should empower employees to deliver surprise and delight moments. I think we've shared so many great examples of that over the years on this show. And they never get old. And that's kind of the point. Third, you should make every channel that feeds you customers remarkable to experience. As Joey just got done saying, people are going to experience your brand in different ways using different channels. They've all got to be good. And fourth, as is clear by this throwback example, you should revisit your customer experience regularly to identify new ways to improve it. True Confessions of a Call Center Agent I have a confession to make. I often have to transfer customers to a different agent because I don't know the answer to their question. That's frustrating for the customer and embarrassing for me. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling Wonderland. This is Sophia. How can I help you? Hey, Sophia. My name is Joey, and I purchased VIP tickets for my family of four to come to the park next week. I was wondering if those tickets gave us access to any VIP parking. You know, I've never been asked that question before. And actually, I'm not sure. Um, let me transfer you to someone in our ticketing department that will be able to help you. Ticketing department, this is Todd. Hey, Todd, this is Joey. I purchased VIP tickets for my family to come to the park next week. I was wondering if those tickets came with VIP parking. VIP parking? I haven't heard of that one before, but maybe we have it. Hold on one moment while I transfer you to the parking department. Parking department. Uh, Yes, I'm coming to the park next week and have VIP tickets. Does that include VIP parking? That's a ticketing question. Hold on while I transfer you to ticketing. Ticketing department, this is Todd. Wait, are you kidding me? Todd? Yep, this is Todd. Can I help you? Ugh, no, you can't. That wasn't fun for the customer or me. They still have their problem and probably will call back. I still have the problem of not being able to help them when they do. This isn't good customer experience or agent experience. I sure wish we were using Coveo. 
To avoid bad customer experiences and bad agent experiences, you need Coveo. Visit get.coveo.com slash experience this. That's G-E-T dot C-O-V-E-O dot com slash experience this to learn about creating an AI-powered agent experience to deliver the relevant personalized interactions people expect. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Hey, Dan, have you ever been yelled at in a language that you didn't understand? (laughs) (laughs) You know, you've asked me a lot of questions on this show over the years, Joey, but this one is a stumper. I don't think so. Not that I know of. Of course, if I didn't understand it, I might have been being yelled at and didn't know it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, today's C-Express comes to us from a story on Yahoo News's In The Know platform by Emerald Palat titled, Disney Worker Surprises Guest Four-Year-Old Son Even After She Yelled At Him. This story features comedian Ryan Kelly. Now, Ryan used to work as a cast member at Disney Parks. Now, you can find him more on TikTok than at Disney. But while working as a host at the Princess Storybook Dining Experience, a woman came up to him and started speaking in a language he didn't understand. Now, Ryan's very clear to uh, announce in when relating this story that he only speaks one language, English, but quickly realized or believed that he was being scolded for not speaking Spanish. So Ryan called over a colleague he knew that spoke Spanish, who then spoke to the woman, kind of got things sorted out and sent the family on their way. Afterwards, Ryan asked his friend what the woman said. She was indeed frustrated that Ryan didn't speak Spanish and told his friend that in Portuguese. As it turns out, she spoke Portuguese and Spanish. She figured it was a higher likelihood that somebody would speak Spanish. So she was trying to speak to Ryan in Spanish. But when she realized that his friend spoke both Spanish and Portuguese, she switched back to her native tongue of Portuguese. Well, shortly after this, Ryan's boss asked him to go stand in for Spider-Man. Now, for anybody who's listening, Spider-Man was off fighting crime. So he needed another person to pretend that he was Spider-Man just for a bit while Spider-Man could go find the criminals and then come back. And Ryan, because he's friends with Spider-Man, decided to do this. So Ryan started putting on a Spider-Man costume and was still pretty shaken up by the last interaction and frustrated with himself for not at least knowing a few words in Portuguese because he wanted to be able to deliver a remarkable experience. So in an effort to be able to do that for future guests who spoke Portuguese, Ryan looked up some words and phrases online and even practiced a few. Well, Ryan got into the Spidey costume. He went to his next shift where he was going to be doing a meet and greet and photos with folks who wanted to meet Spider-Man. And guess who was in the front of the line to meet Spidey? I'm going with the woman who spoke Portuguese. You are correct, my friend. Exactly. Along with her four-year-old son, who was super excited, but also anxious to meet Spider-Man. And the woman says to Ryan, not realizing it's the same guy, right? Because he's in a costume. No habla inglés. And Ryan realizes in this moment that the little boy is nervous because he doesn't speak English and he doesn't know what to say to Spider-Man. 
Now, Ryan just had this exact same feeling. So he gets down on one knee. He looks the little boy in the eye and he says, Boa tarde. Tuta bem? Which means, good afternoon. How's it going? It's one of the phrases that Ryan had learned how to say. Well, the little boy lights up and proceeds to rattle off a half dozen sentences in Portuguese, which, to be honest, Ryan doesn't understand. He's only been working on his Portuguese for a few minutes at this point, folks. But it doesn't matter because the little boy feels like Spider-Man speaks his language. They snap a picture and a memory is made. I love it. I love it. And as you were telling this story, I'm thinking, when the heck is he going to use Portuguese again? But <laughs> little did he know that later that afternoon. So uh, good job, Ryan. Uh, it's a fantastic story. I loved it too. So what can we learn from this story? Well, I think we can learn a few things. Number one, it's okay to make mistakes with your customers. You just need to be committed to improving things so you don't make that same mistake again. Number two, you should hire employees that get excited about growth and development. No one told Ryan, hey, you had this interaction with a customer. Go brush up on your Portuguese so that you can have better interactions in the future. No, Ryan took it upon himself because that was the kind of experience he wanted to deliver. And number three, little things make a big difference. Even just a few words in someone's native language can make them feel seen. And for any of our listeners out there that speak Portuguese, with thanks to our loyal listener, Glaucia, in Sao Paulo, Brazil, muito obrigado por ouvirem o experience this show. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. You're the best listener ever. And since you listened to the whole show, yay you, we're curious. Was there a specific part of this episode that you enjoyed the most? If so, it would mean the world to us if you could share it with a coworker, a friend, or someone that just loves listening to podcasts. And while you're in the sharing mood, if you felt inclined to jump over to iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts and write us a review, we would so appreciate it. And when you do, don't forget to let us know as we might have a little surprise for you. Thanks again for your time and we'll see you next week for more Experience This.